0: The Doctor Who Audio Dramas Visit us at our website and join us on our message board DWAD.net
1: Next, JY on the bridge. What's our current position? We're approximately a hundred thousand light years from the nearest star system.
2: Well, they did say that the Eridana Supervoid was the emptiest place in the universe. I don't know why I doubted them.
3: Captain, there are sixteen stellar-mass black holes to the port. The nearest one is one half light year.
2: <sighs> that's all that's out here. It's hard not to believe the old legends of the Havlar. The Galaxy Eater. That would account for the desolation. Well, if there was something out here eating whole galaxies, I'm sure we'd find it. (laughs) Keep an eye out for it on the way to those black holes. Might as well add them to our chart since we've come all this way.
1: Laying in a course, Captain. 277 degrees starboard, minus 15.
3: Now that's interesting. What is it? Let me bring it up on the main screen.
2: Well, now, that is interesting. What is it?
3: You know literally as much about it as I do, Captain XJY. Well, if I didn't
2: know any better, it looks like a metal planet jammed halfway into a black hole. But that's impossible. Hmm. It must be an optical illusion. Maybe gravity is refracting light around the event horizon and making it look like there's something there. Well, what do the sensors say? Captain. You won't believe this. Way ahead of you, RxS. The object appears
1: to be real and is indeed caught halfway in the event horizon. How did...
2: you can't just... what? Where was physics on that one? What do you think we should do? We can't pass up this kind of opportunity. Approach with caution. Gravity shunts at maximum. Shall we prepare the rest of the crew for an away mission? Not yet. Let's find out what we're dealing with first. You said goodbye to famed UFO researcher
4: Stan Piedmont, and now we're taking your calls on our open line segment. Let's start things off east of the Rockies with Marcus in Erie, Pennsylvania. Really? A customer? At 2 a.m.? Right when it's getting good, of course. Welcome, can I take your order?
5: Uh, just a cup of coffee for me, thanks.
4: Coffee, right. Do you want anything with that?
5: The stuffed zebra sounds pretty good.
4: Stuffed. what? Jerry! You jerk!
5: (laughs) Oh, come on. Your brain was on your radio instead of your job again, huh?
4: No, I guess I just automatically tune out my big brother, especially when he's acting like a creep.
5: Oh, now you don't mean that.
4: Maybe I do, maybe I don't. What are you doing here anyway?
5: Well, your shift's just about over, and I figured if I was going to give you a ride back to the apartment, I might as well make you work for it. I do want that coffee.
4: Okay, but just so you know, there's no discount for family.
5: Duly noted. Next up is Paula from Eau Claire, Wisconsin.
6: How are things up there, Paula? All pretty good, Norton. Hey, listen, I got a weird story for you. Have you ever heard anything about phone booths disappearing? Phone
7: booths? Not lately. I take it this is stranger than the city council taking him off the sidewalk.
6: No, no, let me tell you what happened to me, Norton. I was leaving from the movie theater about a week ago, you know, and I, I was coming around the corner to the bus stop, and it was so weird. There was this big blue phone booth thing right on the corner of the street.
7: I'm guessing there wasn't a phone booth there before.
6: No, I've never seen the thing before, but you won't believe what happened next. This guy walks inside, closes the door, and then this light on top starts lighting up, and the whole thing slowly
5: just... Time kind of fades away. That's incredible. <sighs> Why do you listen to this stuff?
4: Because it's fun. <laughs> that reminds me, they put in one of those old-timey English police boxes across the street. There, did you notice it?
5: Yeah, I assumed it was some university pranksters. I doubt it's real.
4: There, now pay up.
5: Mm, keep the change.
4: Oh wow, a whole penny! <gasps> Only 59 more and I can buy a pack of gum!
5: Yeah, well, maybe we'll be able to afford gum a little faster. I got a call from your agent this afternoon.
4: What? Why didn't you call me? What do you have to say?
5: Hmm? Oh, I don't know, man. I was too busy listening to the radio to pay attention.
4: Jerry! (laughs) I'm
5: kidding. Wow. Now you know how it feels.
4: You're not funny and you never will be.
5: Now that's just your opinion, sis. Anyway... He said he has a few prospects you might be interested in. Definitely better than before.
4: Well, the last few were commercials. They don't count.
5: Well, at least they were a source of income.
4: Ooh, no, I know that tone. This isn't going to be another episode of Big Brotherly Advice with Jerry Aine, is it? It might be. Great.
5: Look, Camille, you've been hopping between part-time jobs for too long now.
4: I'm just waiting for my big break, you know? Tomorrow, I'll call my agent and see what he has lined up for me.
5: And what if it's another commercial? Are you just going to keep working here night after night and listening to this dreck on the radio?
4: I've got... plans.
5: Do you? You said that last month after you quit the drugstore. And now I go to the West Coast with
7: Sebastian, who's on the road near Rexburg, Idaho. What are you hauling, Sebastian?
6: Oh, I've got a lot of lumber behind me. Now, Norton... This is a follow-up to that lady you talked to just a bit ago from Wisconsin.
7: Oh yeah, Paula. The woman who saw that phone booth disappear.
6: That's right, Norton. Well, I tell you what. I saw the same thing. You wouldn't believe it.
7: Tell me what you saw. Was it another phone box?
6: Yeah, well, not exactly. It was blue and it said police on it. I used to see them over there when I was in Britain during the Cold War. They're called police boxes. And the cops would put the criminals in the box and lock them up while they call for backup. They're mostly gone now, though. They don't need them anymore.
7: Oh yes, I do know what you're talking about. So what's with the British police box doing in Idaho? Well, I'll tell you, Norton.
5: There's this fellow, and he uses the box as a spaceship. A spaceship? Really? You always get the crazies on Friday night?
4: Yeah, that's why I put it on. (laughs) It's more fun when they're slightly off-center. Now shush and drink your coffee.
5: Okay, but this conversation isn't over. You have until the station break.
4: I know, I know.
7: It's funny you should say that. His name comes up a few times on this program. Some kind of superhero, right?
6: Well, no, Norton. He's just a guy who goes around and fixes things.
7: <laughs> Could he fix my old station wagon? No.
6: He solves problems and stops the forces of evil. Anyway, sometime in the middle of last summer, there was a UFO flap around Boise.
7: I remember that. I got a lot of callers in that area last June.
6: Right. So anyway, this doctor fella, he must have been the one to stop him, because one night I saw him going into his phone box, and the whole thing was gone. Poof! Next night, no more UFOs.
7: You actually saw the doctor? what did do he look like? Is he some kind of angel or alien
6: or something? Oh, uh, like a normal person, I'd say. He was a little older, dressed real nice with a top hat and suit, nice
5: glasses too, real dapper chap, you know what I mean? You know, that reminds you of that guy who keeps wandering around the park with an electric toothbrush and asking about Zygons or xylons or Cylons or whatever it is. Uh, we'll be back with your phone calls in a few minutes. I'm Norton Gill and you're listening to Nightwatch. Now, dear sister, about your career.
4: I know, I know. I really do try. It's just, nothing ever seems to be a good fit for me, you know?
5: That's not an excuse. Do you think I like working at the bank? But someone's got to pay the rent since you keep moving from job to job.
4: You're right. I'm sorry.
5: Look, sorry, I don't mean to come down so hard on you. I know you've been taking anything your agent sends your way, even if it's a less than stellar role.
4: Ugh, don't even get me started. I make more here than I do on those TV spots or hovering off stage as an understudy.
5: Well, the coffee's better here, too.
4: Thanks. Jerry, look, there's someone out there by the police box.
5: (laughs) Is it the radio doctor? Has he come to save us from the zigzagoons?
4: Well look at him. Older man. Top hat. Well dressed. Glasses. Oh come on. I'm going to check it out. Wait here.
5: What? Seriously?
4: Drink your coffee and be patient. Look, he's getting inside. I have to hurry.
5: I told you this these late night wacko shows would rot your brain.
4: Be back in a minute. Open the door! I just want to ask you something! Oops! Sorry about... What in the heck? This place is gigantic! How does it fit in here? Hello? Hey! The door!
1: Captain, we've completed our preliminary scans. The object has a diameter comparable to a Class M planet, and... And? We're not really sure what the surface is made of, but it's definitely solid. That just doesn't make any sense. There must be an explanation. You should also know that the surface appears to be artificial. You mean it has cities?
3: There
2: was a civilization there?
3: No, the whole thing appears to have been manufactured.
2: A type of Dyson Sphere, perhaps? There are doors on
1: the surface, Captain. We could land- Yes, yes we could. But should we?
2: It's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You're right. Besides, it's our duty to find out more. Alert the crew. I wish I could go with you. Sorry, Captain. I know the regulations. I'm dying of curiosity. But I have my duty here. Are there enough spacesuits in the hold for all 12 of you? Yes, Captain. Make sure you record everything. This is an unprecedented opportunity. I'll leave you in charge, Rima RxS. Thank you, Captain.
3: What's that? Gravity
1: shunts on maximum. Reading object passing on port. It's pulled us into a
2: wave. We're off course. Turn us around. Thrust us at maximum. Uh,
3: ...attempting to reverse course.
1: Captain, there's a cone around the object where gravity
2: is normal. It's almost like a shadow.
3: That's impossible!
2: We'll take it. Get us there. I'll try.
3: I did it! I... I knew I could, yes.
2: Nicely done. Now how about our landing?
3: I'm aiming for the airlock just south of the equator. It's possible that if this thing is a ship, its control room would be near the center.
1: That's consistent with the design philosophies of the few civilizations we found out here
2: in the Super void. It's as good a place to set down as any. Once we're safely landed, meet the others and prepare to board the ship. I'll keep an eye on you from here. Be careful, everyone.
4: Maybe Jerry's right. This was a pretty stupid thing to do. What was I thinking? Oh good! He's coming back. Maybe he's got the key.
8: Hello? Hello? Is there someone in there?
4: Yes! Thank goodness! Can you let me out? Who
8: are you? What are you doing in here? You have no right!
4: Well, I know that. I wasn't exactly planning on breaking down your door.
8: How did you get in?
4: I broke down your door.
8: I was afraid of that. Marcus Aurelius hit that door with a nuclear missile, the third battle of the Great Red Spot. The lock has been iffy ever since.
4: Mr. None of those words you just said make any sense.
8: Well, they make sense to me. I asked who you were. Very rude not to answer a question when asked.
4: I'm Camille Ain. Who are you? I'm the Doctor. Now what? I knew it! I heard about you on the radio and I came to see if it was really you! Are you...
8: Wait. Wait, the radio.
4: You know, that Night Watch show with Norton Gill.
8: You mean the show where crazy people call in and talk about how they were abducted and probed by aliens?
4: That's the one.
8: Oh, <laughs> That'll rot your brain, my dear.
4: You sound just like my brother. But if I hadn't been listening to it, I wouldn't be here now.
8: And that's preferable. Why are you here? Are you mad, woman?
4: Maybe. I don't know. I just wanted to know for sure, you know?
8: Well, now that you know for sure, you're stuck here with me until I finish what I'm doing here.
4: What? If you think you're going to keep me here, you have another thing coming.
8: Here? (laughs) Nonsense. You're coming with me to my appointment.
4: Your appointment? The doctor makes house calls? Hmm,
8: Of a sort. I'm not very well leaving you here in my tardies. Do you think I'd trust people who commit felony breaking and entering?
4: Maybe you should have fixed your lock sooner.
8: That's neither here nor there. Anyway... We're going to see a good friend of mine, so you be on your best behavior. You seem like a reasonable girl. But don't think this conversation is over. I have little patience for people who go stumbling through my front door uninvited.
4: Believe me, I'm having serious doubts about my judgment as we speak.
2: Have you penetrated the inner airlock yet?
1: Yes, Captain. There's a long corridor beyond. It's actually
3: well-lit, though I don't think anyone's been here in a very long time. It looks like there's another door at the end. Oh, hey, look! There's something written here.
2: Pan the camera so I can see.
3: Weird language. Obviously not pictographic, though.
2: I wonder what it could mean.
3: Hopefully we'll be able to figure it out later. Right now, I think simple mapping is in
9: order.
2: I hope so. What are you doing right now? I'm getting some interference. i not interference Well, you're starting to break up. Good, good. What? No, mm, that's
3: impossible. What is it? According to these scans, the size of the interior of this object is screen. Captain, it's off the scale.
2: That's absurd. Run it again. That's. We'd never finish exploring. There's so much more to learn. I can barely understand you. As much as I'm curious, I don't want you to do anything risky. I can contact the homeworld. They'll want to send in more scouts. Cat. That's an order. Fall back. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Come in, Rima RxS. Anyone? Blast. Now what am I supposed to do?
4: Where are we going anyway? And what are you doing?
8: I'm making sure you didn't fiddle with anything whilst I was upstairs. I wouldn't want the tardies to wander off. Last time that happened, I had to work in a bakery for six months to earn enough money to get all the components I needed to build a retrieval control device.
4: Are you crazy? Is that it? Like, did I follow some crazy guy into a police box?
8: A police box? That's bigger on the inside.
4: Okay, I'll grant to you that this is a very impressive setup. But maybe I slammed my head into the door when I opened it and this is all a very vivid dream. Ow! What do you pinch me for?
8: You're not asleep. This is my mode of transportation. It's supposed to change its shape to blend in with the surroundings, but the first time I came to Earth, it broke.
4: The cloaking device broke, the locks broke. Is anything on this TARDIS of yours actually working?
8: Hmph! maybe may be showing its age a bit, but I've taken very good care of her.
4: Like the time my brother thought he could restore that Ford Torino.
8: Anyway, you've put me off schedule, and I'm quite weary of listening to you malign my TARDIS. Shall we go?
4: You never did tell me where we're going.
8: To see my friend, Mr. Casey.
4: Oh, is he... Wait... What? Where are we? Ah,
8: <sighs> Virginia. 1939. Mind the door, young woman.
4: Well, at least that makes sense. I definitely hit my head.
8: No, no, my tardies can travel in time as well as space.
4: So wait, this thing just goes poof from one place and poofs into another place?
8: It's a little more elegant than poof.
4: Fine, Doctor. Your trans-dimensional box dematerializes from the third dimension and travels through the fourth. When it arrives at its destination, it rematerializes back down into the third while little or no time has passed for the occupants. Is that complicated enough for you?
8: Yeah, yes. Much better. Actually, I'm impressed.
4: Well, it's not that dissimilar from what they were trying to do with the Philadelphia experiment, depending on which version you're hearing.
8: Ah, should be down the street. And you're right. Sort of. They were really just trying to use electromagnetic waves to move the ship laterally through space, but they didn't account for the linkage between time and space, and ended up traversing both.
4: Huh. Sounds like you know a lot about it, then.
8: Yes, but if they'd listened to me, then they could have avoided a major tragedy.
4: You're saying you were there.
8: Yes. Well, does it really surprise you that much at this point?
4: No, I guess it shouldn't. Hmm. I listen to a lot of paranormal radio and internet shows, but as I grew up, I started following it mostly for fun. I've never even seen a UFO or anything.
8: Well, you've got a good head on your shoulders. Blame your rashness on your youth.
4: And I don't know what I'm going to tell my brother Jerry. I left him sitting there while I chased you into your TARDIS box thing from his perspective did the box just disappear
8: here we are my dear and yes it would have disappeared but we might be able to get you back before he has time to worry I've become substantially more successful at return trips over the years sometimes
4: that's a relief he's already pretty miffed at me since I've been having a hard time holding down a job
8: that's never been a forte of mine either Usually I'm fired for one reason or another. You know, mundane things like laziness, being distracted, collateral damage, class action lawsuits, gross neglect. Mrs. Casey, how good it is to see you!
0: Doctor, well how in the world are you?
8: Oh, you know, carrying on and leaving messes in my wake.
0: I'm glad. Never stop doing what you're good at, you hear? This creation of gods needs you too much.
8: I promise. I tried retirement for a
0: few centuries, not for me. Centuries? And who's this darnin' young thing? Your new companion? Companion? What does she mean by that?
8: Not quite. Uh, She sort of stumbled into my tardies. Hmm.
0: I told you to get that lock fixed.
8: I know, Mrs. Casey. I do get busy, though.
0: I know you do, Doctor. So, who are you, then? I'm Camille. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too, dear. I'm Gertrude Casey Gertrude wait what year did you say this was
8: 1939
0: then you're no that would be absurd (laughs) believe me nothing's absurd when you're dealing with the doctor
4: so mr. Casey would be the psychic Edgar Casey you know of him I've heard of him yes I've read a few of his books
0: Wow! Well, come on in. Edgar's in the kitchen. Would you like some coffee? Yes, please. And me! I'll be right back, Doctor. Why don't you and Camille have a seat in the living room?
8: Right this way, my
0: dear. This is surreal, Doctor!
8: A police box that's bigger on the inside doesn't impress you, but meeting Edgar Casey does.
4: Well, I fell in love with his Atlantis works growing up. His theories and prophecies are so interesting.
8: I agree. Though sometimes I think he has a flair for the dramatic.
4: Maybe. How do you know him, anyway?
8: Well, <clears throat> a few years back, a few years from his perspective, at least, he was being hunted by a psychic vampire.
4: I can imagine that Edgar Casey would be a fantastic target.
8: Yes, well, even though I stopped him from doing any further harm, he did plenty of damage before I showed up. I like to keep an eye on Mr. Casey to see how his health is.
4: I suppose that's fair. So what can you do? You have all that advanced technology. Are you an alien?
8: Uh, well, yes. I would fit the classic definition.
4: But you look like a person.
8: A person? Oh, very humanocentric of you. My race was here a lot longer than yours, my dear. That's one mystery I still haven't quite figured out. Maybe at some point, I should. Doctor, how are you, my friend? (laughs) <laughs> Edgar, I'm doing well, and you?
9: I've been under the weather as of late, but nothing serious. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, you know how it is. This old body gets weaker and weaker. We're such ephemeral creatures compared to you. Oh, what good I could do with the
8: thousands of years you have?
4: Thousands?
8: Oh, forgive my new acquaintance. Edgar, this is Camille Ane. I thought you'd forsworn traveling companions, Doctor completely unintentional. She's something of a stowaway. Oh,
9: I see. Nice to meet you, Miss Ain. You'll forgive me. The doctor likes to take friends around with him. I thought maybe you were replacing Robbie.
4: Robbie?
8: Oh, Robbie and I parted company some time ago. I haven't seen her in a while now. There was someone else, a girl named Carly. But she... Well, it was complicated.
9: That's a shame. I do hate the thought of you protecting the universe without someone to keep you company.
8: Enough about me. I'm here to see you. You've been feeling ill.
9: Oh, just here and there. Gertrude says I do too many readings. Maybe she's right.
4: Well, I always heard that you got sick after- Now,
8: Camille, don't get too far ahead of yourself if you understand my meaning. <sighs> don't get up. I'll come to you. Let me have a look in your eyes. Hold your head still in and- <gasps> Doc.
4: Ugh. Doctor, what happened?
8: I didn't know. He passed out as soon as I touched his
4: head. Could it be some kind of trap? That psychic vampire you talked about?
8: No, I shouldn't think so. Stand back, Camille. Let me get him stretched out on the couch.
0: Mrs. Casey! Mrs. Casey, come quickly! What is it? What's happened? He's out. We don't know what happened.
8: Doctor. I'm here, old friend.
9: Are you okay? You need to go. Quickly.
8: What are you talking about? Go where?
0: Doctor. He's in a trance. I see it all the time. What do you see, Edgar?
8: Hurry, Doctor.
9: The harbinger is waking.
0: What do you mean? What harbinger?
9: Surely not.
0: What's the harbinger? The harbinger of what?
9: The harbinger is waking. And he's going to finish what he started. Doctor, you have to leave now. Otherwise, there will be nothing you can do. He's right where you left him. Go now.
8: Are you sure? Will you be okay?
9: When I wake up, I won't remember any of this. Gertrude will explain.
8: Very well. Camille, come on. We must get you home.
4: Wait! Doctor, you can't just... I stand thoroughly corrected. It was lovely to meet you, Mr. and Mrs. Casey. I'm sorry to be in such a rush, but the
0: doctor's kind of my ride. We understand. Good luck, dear.
4: Doctor! Wait for me! Doctor, you mind explaining what all of that was about back there?
8: There's no time. Not that it's any of your business
4: anyway. It is so my business. You ran off and left your friend on the couch.
8: He'll be okay. He's been much worse, believe me.
4: And what's this harbinger thing? A person? Another alien? Where are we going?
8: We are going to your time. Ten seconds after you left. After that, there is no we. I, on the other hand, have something important to do and I have no time to be looking after hangers-on.
4: That's not fair. You can't just drop me after what I've seen. It's not
8: fair that I had to babysit you after you barged through my door. I guess you should have fixed your
4: lock after Alexander the Great nuked it then.
8: It was Marcus Aurelius. Oh, I don't even know why I'm having this conversation.
4: Because you know as well as I do that you're not getting rid of me that easily. You at least owe me an explanation.
8: There we go. Just what I was looking for. All right, Camille. I'll make you an offer. I'll drop you off anywhere you want to go. You can watch them build the Pyramids of Giza, or have dinner with Tico Bray. Whatever you want to do, then all you have to do is use this time ring to go back to your time and space. You should reappear right where the TARDIS left.
4: Anywhere? Anything?
8: What do you say? You can see history made, or see something you could never experience again. David Bowie's final concert at Ziggy Stardust. Uh, The signing of the Magna Carta. Rubens Barrichello's first Formula One World Championship. Hang on. Rubens never won a Formula One World Championship. Such a pity. Great driver. Really
4: nice chap. Oh well. You're trying to get rid of me because you're going to do something stupid and dangerous, right? I'm trying to get rid of you because you're an intruder and a nuisance. You may want me to think you're this big, mysterious, mad god, but I can see right through you. Edgar said you were thousands of years old. You said that your friends were gone and you were alone now. You're lonely and afraid of getting close to anyone because you either hurt them or overwhelm them with the world you offer.
8: That's ridiculous!
4: Is it? Prove me wrong. Take me with you. Fine.
8: Yes, you're right. It's dangerous. Very dangerous. We're here. Get out. Your brother will be worried.
4: Doctor, all my life, I've heard about a world so much bigger than mine, where aliens and ghosts and monsters hide just outside the corner of my eye. And as it turns out, all that's true! Here you are with your TARDIS that's bigger on the inside and can travel anywhere at any time. I can't walk away now!
8: I'm not offering you a choice. You can't come with me.
4: What's the worst that could happen?
8: I don't think I have to answer that.
4: And you're going to face it alone?
8: It won't be the first time.
4: What are you doing?
8: Programming the tardies. I'm going to leave in a hurry once you've seen yourself out.
4: Sure, I could do that. But I'd rather do this!
8: Please! Don't touch that!
4: I don't know who those Robbie and Carly people are, but it sounds like you do pretty well for yourself when you're traveling with a companion. Consider the position filled.
8: You rotten little child! This is too much for you!
4: If something were to happen- Then I'll already have experienced more than people who have lived for a hundred years could imagine! <laughs> this isn't a day at an amusement park! Then let's see what it is! Is this the monitor? Oh, wow! Is that a black hole? That's incredible!
8: Yes. Yes, it is.
4: Wait a minute, what's... ...that?
8: It's an object. Embedded in the event horizon.
4: It looks like the size of a planet.
8: I was hoping it would have been swallowed by now.
4: But... That's impossible. You can't just shove an object halfway in. It'd be torn apart.
8: Be that as it may, that's where we're going. Although, it looks like someone else has beaten us here. Maybe this ship down on the surface should be our first stop. Get ready for a short hop.
1: I still can't get in touch with the captain. Where are we?
3: It's kind of hard to figure out exactly. This place is too big to get any sort of accurate reading. Plus, it looks like the geometry is pretty much impossible. We keep warping around the inside without actually travelling the distances required. Meaning? We're about 600 light years from where we started. I'm
1: sorry, what? Did you hear that?
3: Yeah, I hear it. Sounds like it's coming from in here. Let's find
1: out.
10: Where is the doctor?
11: Ignore him for now. He's trying to get to his companion. Um, I don't trust him. Hello! The twelve of us have come in peace. What's our status? We're ready now. We'll be done before the doctor can find his girl and come back for us.
10: We're ready now? Do it then! Hello? Are you listening?
1: Are you listening?
10: What is this? Is this a...
11: Where is the doctor? Ignore him for now. Didn't they just companions. do this? I don't trust it him. looked
1: like the whole scene skipped, like in a video file that keeps looping.
3: This, this is right unnerving. We'll is this a holographic, holographic image?
1: A Rima KFW, go find out if this do scene is real. Up in three, it two,
0: certainly two, looks one. real enough.
3: What is this? Is this a- Uh, Rima KFW!
11: Time loop? Wait, what's going on?
3: Are you okay, Rima KFW?
9: Uh, I am... I've been worse.
3: Rima RxS, look! The scene stopped looping.
9: Who
10: are you? More to the point, what are you?
3: Uh Oh, I am
1: Rima RxS of the Third Intergalactic Survey of the Venerable Rima Empire. I am part of a crew of 13 Rima who have been sent to the heart of the Eridanus Supervoid to study... Okay,
10: thank you. That will do. Patron...
11: From the readings? You've been stuck in the time loop for, oh, around 20,000 years. It would take a century. And the doctor?
10: I don't know. You, Rima, do you know where the doctor is?
1: Well, we don't generally staff doctors on our ships. We, Rima, have some regeneration capabilities and therefore non-fatal wounds. Yes, yes.
11: Anyone else who can answer a question in 20 words or less?
3: Ignore, Rima excess. It's in command of our party while our captain staffs our ship.
10: Ah, I understand now. I'm not looking for a staff doctor. There's a person who hides behind the nom de plume, doctor. He's the one who locked us in that time loop. Luckily, you freed us, or we wouldn't have been able to carry out our mission.
3: We didn't come past any ships on our approach. We're light years away from anything interesting, anyway.
10: That makes sense. Twenty thousand years will do that to you, I suppose. He must have figured he'd won and just left us here. Not only did he leave us here, but apparently
11: he dumped the TARDIS into a black hole. We're actually sticking halfway out of the event horizon.
10: Harbinger, if your TARDIS was any less incredible, we would have been shredded. Well, nothing would have protected the TARDIS if the Eye of Harmony had been pulled into the Singularity. We were lucky to get out when we did.
1: I beg your pardon, but who are you two? And who is this doctor?
10: Ah, yes, how rude of me. I am called the Harbinger. And my young friend here is the patron. And you've come along just in time to save our lives. We are in your debt. Patron, can you begin to extract my TARDIS from this situation? I already started. I figured you wouldn't want to stay here too long. Excellent. Ah, it appears that we're salvageable. Anyway, Rima RXS to answer your second question, the Doctor is the one who stranded us here and left us to die. You see, we had a bit of an ideological difference. That's putting it mildly.
1: What happened?
10: Well, I wanted to protect the universe, but the Doctor wants to see it utterly destroyed. What? You have to help us, Rima RxS. You will help us. Help us kill a Time Lord. It's a small price to pay, or the Doctor will condemn the universe to unimaginable suffering. He must be stopped, for the sake of every person alive, he must.